Hello, and welcome to the 53rd episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. It's also the anniversary episode marking our very first year. I'm your host, Christy Lalonde. While it's hard to believe that it's been an entire year, this is the perfect time to tell you that I am so grateful for you listening and tuning in each week to hear our wonderful guest. You are the reason that our guests are willing to come and share with all of us so that we can learn how to be more gracious and hospitable so we can really focus on what's most important in our life, our relationships. So a big thank you goes out to you for being here and being a part of this awesome community that wants to make memories and strengthen the ties that bind us together by entertaining and having people in our home. I couldn't think of a better way to mark this one-year anniversary than to invite back my guests from the very first episode, Jerry Lynn Clifford of the Hill Country Bon Vivant. When she was here a year ago, she filled us in on all the secrets of having a delicious turkey. And of course, I'll link that episode for you. It's packed with everything you need to know for cooking your first or even your 10th turkey. It's so good to have you back, Jerry Lynn. Thank you for being here to celebrate our first anniversary episode. Absolutely. Happy anniversary to you. Thank you. It's exciting. For those that haven't heard our first episode yet, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. So my name is Jerry Lynn Clifford. I am known as the Hill Country Bone Vivant. Um, I am um, someone who started cooking at a very young age. I learned how to cook from my grandmothers, of course, my mother, my aunts. Um, I had an aunt that was a uh, a caterer when she was younger. And so I learned some of the tricks of the trade from her. I remember making a very Midwestern thing with her. They're called cream cheese mints for someone's bridal shower when I was about four years old. That's probably one of my first memories. So I have been loving food, loving entertaining for most of my life or all that I remember. I did cater my first wedding at 16. It was a friend of my mother's. Was It was her second wedding and she was just doing it in her backyard. And my mom did the flowers and I catered the wedding. And it's just part of who I am, I guess. Then I started doing catering on the side to make some money once I started having my family. And I built a catering business that I had for over 30 years. And sometimes it would honestly depend on the economy a little bit, whether people had money to throw around for parties or not. Sometimes I would work part-time doing other things. And then there were times that I was catering full-time. And in 2019, my husband and I moved from New England to uh, Fredericksburg, Texas. And I started working at a local hospital as a practice manager. It was one of my wheels of expertise. And then we know what all happened in 2020. We don't have to talk about it. But due to that, I ended up losing my job because of finances from the hospital in um, oh, it was the beginning of 2022. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do? That was supposed to be my last job. <laughs> so I started um, being the Hill Country Bon Vivant. So I no longer had the capacity to cater anymore. That's a that's a big commitment and long, long days on your feet and and everything. So what I am doing is I share online recipes. I talk about um, entertaining tips. I have a subscription service that is monthly and I have a lot of things coming down the pike. So anything that has to do with, I would say, food or wine travel centric 
stuff is what I love to share um, with my community. Well, tell us a little bit more about your business name and what inspired you to choose that. Sure. So I have always been inspired by Ms. Julia Child. (laughs) And in 2012, I was on the TV show, The Chew, and I won the Julia Child's cooking contest. Um, It was in honor of what would have been her 100th birthday. And it really... I don't know, kicked off a part of my life. I was, I had gone through a divorce. I was with my now husband and that was how I wooed him was by making beef bourguignon, which is what I made and ended up winning the contest. So my name, uh, Bon Vivant, a Bon Vivant is a, a lover and of all things, um, food and wine and travel, I say it's somebody who has an intentional lifestyle embracing those things and just those little elevated things that might happen in life. So that is my little nod to Julia Child. And so the name of my subscription service is Everyday Fet, and that a fet is the French word for celebration. So I have little winks to her throughout my business because she's who inspired me because you know she started a little later in life and when i was going through my divorce i was like am i really going to do this am i going to take this leap and 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 be in a relationship with someone else and i saw julie and julia and i'm like yeah she did it so i can do it life is not over you know just cuz you're in your 40s and things aren't going your way so um those are my little winks to to julia that is so inspiring i'd love I love all those little details that we may not catch. So it's so fun to hear the story behind why you chose it. Oh, thank you. Now, a lot has changed since you were here last. And so as much as you're comfortable, please share with us what you and your husband have experienced lately. So uh, um, I love to travel and every year we try to go someplace and and when we travel, I try to experience a cooking school or cooking class or something to, to sharpen my ideas of that part of the world or, you know, give me new ideas for in the kitchen. So we were in Italy in um, September my time, I'm sorry, my time's all running together. I'm like, when was I there? Um, <laughs> and on our fourth, it was it was four o'clock in the morning in Italy, but uh, so our fourth day there, I, we received a phone call that from my neighbor that our house had been struck by lightning and, and kind of a freak pop-up storm and our house was on fire. Uh. And our home is only four years old. And so I kind of... I don't know. Part of me, of course, I was freaking out. But part of me was like, oh, they're going to, the fire department will get it out and and it's not going to burn down real quick because it's, you know, it's new stuff. Well, due to the fact of where the lightning hit, it hit above our bedroom. So we're thankful we were not home because we could have perished. But where the lightning hit uh, was right next to the garage. And so in the garage, I had a car full of gas. We oh. had an ATV full of diesel. And once it hit that uh, and the wind was blowing from that direction, the house was down in 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Um, we live in a rural area. So our fire department is all um, volunteer, which I told I respect. We When we made the decision to move here, we understood you know, how far we were away from those things. We had had a grass fire in our neighborhood earlier. We're in currently, well, 
I'm kind of curious if we're still in a drought because we've been getting some rain, but we were in a drought in, in August when, or I believe it was August when the grass fire happened in the neighborhood and the neighbors, you know, jumped on that and got that out and uh, along with the fire department arriving to really save the day there. So we made sure we had hoses outside and we even had a pump that somebody could throw in our pool if a grass fire happened. But the heat from that fire started from lightning was too much for anybody to do. My neighbors, we are so grateful for our neighbors who um, grabbed, you know, jumped to action and got my husband's truck out of the way. He was uh, close to the fire and they uh, put some chains around and pulled his his truck out of the way. So we at least saved oh. his his truck. Wow. Um, but we lost everything, wow. had nothing. Um, so we are very fortunate on the front of our property is an old hunting cabin. And during COVID, our youngest son lived here and he moved out in January. He moved to Austin for a full-time chef job down there. So we were currently renovating the cabin so we could use it as our family is expanding. And when everyone is visiting, we need more than the three guest bedrooms we had. And we have a lot of friends that come to visit us for a while. So we'll give them some privacy. So we were in the midst of renovating that. So some of my husband's tools were actually in the cabin and we had a little bit of furniture in the cabin, but it does not have a full kitchen. It has a kitchenette and I am not a chef at, so <laughs> it was going to be very challenging, but we are so, so grateful and blessed that all of the insurance has come through Good. and uh, we have a place to be. Uh, there keeps, you know, we, we've had a couple of water leaks over here uh, yesterday. It's cold for Texas right now, a little cold snap, and the heat didn't seem to be catching up. And it's an old cinder block building. I mean, trust me, this is nothing glamorous. I'm glamping at best. And um, we're like, why is the heat not keeping up? It's only like in the 30s. This is crazy. And so we had them come out, and it turns out we need a whole new heating system. So, oh my, when it rains, it pours. But yeah, so that's what happened. We lost our home. The good news is our the person that built the house. So we didn't build the house. We bought it when it was about 18 months old. The builder has been outstanding. He jumped in it and he got the electricity up and running for the pump for the pool. And I know that might sound like, you know, it's just the pool, but a pool is a huge investment. So right. for us to not lose the pool for him getting that equipment up and running. And so we're in the midst of finishing up our plans. Um, we are able to use the um, foundation that was already there. Thank God, because that's a big savings. We just have to make sure all our plumbing goes where the plumbing was, which they're going to have to, you know, go down and reattach the plumbing because some of it melted. But, um, we're really looking forward to our new kitchen. I'm kind of pulling out the stops and doing all the things, not following the trends and doing what I want to do to make it the kitchen of my dreams. Cause I said to my husband, we're never moving again. And then God laughed and said, ha ha, yes, oh. you are. You're going to move into a 500 square foot <laughs> cabin and you're going to like it. <laughs> um, so now I'm just, I'm, we're trying to make limoncello out of lemons. Um, so that's what has happened to me, Christy. <laughs> Obviously you're, I mean, you've said little things throughout that, but you keep focusing on, thank goodness, grateful for this. And, you know, when you're telling the story, a lot of people would struggle to see the good 
during an experience like this, especially it's so fresh. And, you know, this is so soon um, that this happened. It wasn't like, oh, this happened two years ago. Um, so you are still right in the middle no, of the we, process of grieving and, you know, everything yes. that goes along with that. But And we right. decided to stay in Italy. We did not come home. Um, we decided to start our mourning process there. There was nothing that we couldn't do via phone. And our friends and neighbors jumped in and did what they could do. My um, son came and he actually... One of the big concerns was I lost our family's history. You know, I had a Ugh. lot of um, things that from my grandmothers and uh, my great-grandmother and all of our family photos. I'm the keeper of the family history. And miracle of miracles, my son came from Austin um, the day after the fire and he called me and we were, it's seven hour difference and my husband and I were walking back from, from dinner and, um, you know, we'd had a, major rough day. <laughs> and um, he's like, mom, I'm here. What do you want? I'm like, you're where? <laughs> he's oh. like, I'm at the house. And I said, honey, there's, you know, there still could be embers burning in there. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I, I need to, to help you. What do you want me to look for? And I broke down and just said the pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. So he went to the cabinet where the photos were and it was right next to the fireplace. And the firebox in the fireplace saved the photos. And so he was able to grab all of the photos that were in there, like the things that were on the walls and stuff, obviously were gone. But my boxes and boxes of photos. And um, there was one of the pictures of, I think it was my oldest son playing hockey, kind of like the the glass cracked. But most of it, 90% of it is salvageable. All of those scrapbooks I did when my kids were younger and all of them, they're saved. Now they, oh. they smell to high heaven like smoke. Yes. Um, and so my husband has taken them to his work and because he has a, a place to put them because I in this tiny place, I did not want to constantly be smelling smoke with a reminder. Right. But miracle of miracles, my, my son got the pictures out. And um, so that's amazing. That um, is... It was even so much I had... It's not amazing. It's like, it, it's, it's a miracle. It, it really is a miracle. I mean, that's obviously, that's the first thing that came to mind when I heard that you lost everything. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I have, I scrapbook too. And I know the hours that have gone into that and the memories um, yes. and that, you know, they're, you know, back when our kids were young, we didn't have everything wasn't digital. And so right. I just thought about all those things. So that just makes my heart so happy to hear that you truly did have a miracle to to be able to keep those. That's amazing. Yes. And you know, the the irony of it all is I had a fire safe that had like our wills in it and birth certificates. And thank goodness we had our passports because that's a pain to get a new passport. <laughs> um, but our passports were with us in Italy. The fire safe did not stay safe through the fire. It wow. uh, it melted. So everything that was in there is gone. Now, you know, obviously my lawyer will have copies of that stuff and my kids all have copies of the will because, um, right. you know, it sure. involves them. So all those things are replaceable. But, you know, I highly suggest that if people have things that are super important, you know, maybe make a PDF of them and keep them on an elect in the cloud. Right. Thank goodness for that cloud. <laughs> but. But also maybe I'm thinking of of getting a, a box at the at the bank 
you know, that I can mm-hmm. put my important documents in. And luckily I do not, I'm not a big jewelry person and all of my special jewelry, like my husband gives me a bangle bracelet every year for our anniversary. I wear them daily. So they were with me. I lost like my grandmother's wedding band and that, that breaks mm-hmm. my heart. Yes. Um, but we're very fortunate. No one got hurt. I've said this a couple of times and people think I'm crazy, but if it had to hit one of the houses in my neighborhood, thank God it was mine. We weren't home. People were home. The neighbor that called me is across the street and she has a child and dogs and uh, her husband travels a lot for work. And if it hit her house, it might be a different outcome. So if it had to hit somewhere, I'm I'm thankful it it hit our home and no one was hurt that that is it's it is just admirable to, to be able to hear you talk about so much gratitude in the story and are there ways that you like try to practice gratitude do you have specific things that you do or is this just kind of come naturally to you well gratitude has been something that that has been a part of my life my whole life it was how i was raised my mom and dad instilled a deep faith in us and understanding that while you're in your darkest times, the light is, you know, coming through the other side, no matter what, what has happened. And I've had some situations in my life happen to me that at first, you know, they might be like grief. So I'll tell you that the fire was like grief. Like at first we were in denial and then we were angry and we've gone through all the stages and I'll I'll get, I still get choked up talking about it because then I realized that something, Oh, that's gone. You know, or I, Mm. I, I went to go to somebody's house last night for their birthday to have a glass of wine and realized I don't have that box of of birthday cards anymore, you know, right? (laughs) just those tiny little things might set me back. But, you know, I, I lost a child. I've gone through a divorce. I've had cancer twice. And every time I've gone through something that is super challenging, if I'm angry about it or upset or wallowing in my pity, it just physically makes me feel awful. And finding those moments of gratitude in every situation just makes it a little easier to swallow. And um, the last time that I had cancer was in 2018. And at the time, my daughter was a, you know, a young woman um, at a co- just out of college. And, and um, she was like, mom, how can you not be mad? And I said, I have so much to be grateful for. You know, my life is wonderful. I have people I love. I have a wonderful family. And if this is a cross I have to bear, then I'd rather do it with a smile on my face and a positive attitude than wallow in it. And uh, I'm one that always has to take action. Sitting and doing nothing is a challenge for me. (laughs) So doing something always makes me feel better too. So I, my, my tagline is, you know, grace, grit, and gratitude. And I try to show moments of grace uh, for myself and for others instead of, you know, assuming the worst of someone when they're doing something that upsets me, just giving them some grace because you don't know what they're going through. And then taking the life lessons, the grit of getting through challenges. And then obviously the the gratitude, which is the exclamation point. Because life is a gift and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you and I've talked about the fact that entertaining is creating memories and no one can take those memories away from you. And so 
I'm I'm just grateful for all the memories I I have for the events that have happened in my home. And your monthly newsletter talks about you always touch each month on the grace, grit, and gratitude, I should say. Um, and I I recommend to everyone to subscribe to her newsletter because it it is so good. It just because you touch on each one of those things and reflect about your experience in the last month. And I always, always learn something each month from you. Oh, well, thank you, Christy. I appreciate that. I I want people to understand. So, you know, if you look online and you'll, let's say Instagram, I've seen many things that will say like Instagram photo and then like real life, you know, like you have your kitchen looking all great, but behind you is like the, the stack of stuff that it's not put away. Right. I don't want people to think that sharing your life online, one, cannot be authentic, but also two, gratitude doesn't mean you're sticking your head in the sand. Life continues to happen. And I just kept saying, like, when we were dealing with the fire in the beginning, all of I, I am so grateful for my community, not just online, but in person. I've had more people send me gift certificates to William Sonoma because I have to, you know, this is my business on top of it. So I lost my business, a lot of the stuff for my business, I should say, right. along with my home. And I'm just continued to be in shock and awe over other people's gratitude and generosity for what we're going through. But I would say that, you know, when we were going through it, you know, thank you through our broken hearts, the light is shining through the cracks because we are so grateful for, for everything. And I don't know, I don't know how else I can say that without, uh, sounding like I'm beating a dead horse, but gratitude does not mean that you're just, uh, I can't think of the name of the person who thinks everything's pie in the sky. There's Pollyanna. a character that I'm trying to think. <laughs> Pollyanna. Thank you, Pollyanna. I am not Pollyanna. There are moments in life that stink, um, yes. but it's how you deal with those things. You know, what's that saying that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it, I believe is how it goes. And that's what I I try to focus on is is the reaction to it. But I also want people to know that I don't think I'm perfect and I'm I'm not perfect. And that's where the moments of grace come. That sometimes I need to give myself grace for being upset about losing my my Janaid mixer. I just got it three months ago and it was a beautiful blue. Oh. But you know, so I have to give myself grace for that. <laughs> like yes. not get upset with myself for being upset about something so silly. So Oh no. I I would imagine that is that would that would be perfectly normal. Uh, what color was it by the way? What color blue? It was like a cornflower blue, I guess I'd say. Uh, it was but, I don't know. I kind of thought out of the box my um I I had a mixer, a KitchenAid mixer forever and I taught my daughter how to bake with that mixer and I was making my son's, my youngest son's birthday is November 15th. And I was making cookies for him. This is when we lived still in Massachusetts and it died. Like that was like, you know, in the middle of the blending of the cookies. I'm like, no, you know, I literally had that since I think 1990. I had, I had received that, that mixer. So um, I got a newer, a a new smaller mixer because we were moving to Texas and we were going to downsize or so we thought at the time. But, you know, again, when, when you think you have a plan, God says, no, that's not it. And, and you find, you find out you're in a new situation. So 
I bought a smaller mixer and and I borrowed my friends that day and finished making my cookies. And my daughter was moving to South Dakota. So I decided instead of getting rid of that, since she learned how to bake with that, that I would send it to KitchenAid and get it refurbished and give that one to her. So that's what I did. And then we moved here and ended up, our goal was to, to move to Texas and then buy maybe a smaller place someplace else and kind of have like two condos. Well, we got here and realized that we didn't want a condo. We wanted land and we only wanted one space. And so that's why I I laughed that I bought this smaller mixer because I was downsizing and ended up living in the biggest house I've ever owned. So, <laughs> which is great because all of my kids love coming here. So it's, it's kind of fantastic. So I ended up giving my oldest son the smaller mixer as he was moving to, to Virginia. And I bought myself the new big, beautiful blue mixer that, that did not survive. Anyway, I got a new mixer. Another, a friend of mine bought me a new mixer and had it embossed with a really uplifting saying on the side. So that was kind of cool. That is cool. Um, I have my mother's KitchenAid mixer also. Her, she has a, a newer one, but I have hers from when I was a child. Like I think it was like 1980-ish. It's probably when she got it. Yeah. And it's still going strong, <laughs> but I have thought about getting it mm-hmm. refurbished because the little cap is missing off the front, like where you could put attachments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're they're amazing. But yours, yeah, they do a great job with it, and it's not that expensive, by the way. You should oh. you should look into getting. I think it was like a hundred dollars or something like that. And this is not paid for by KitchenAid, but KitchenAid, <laughs> I wouldn't mind a sponsorship. You know? <laughs> no kidding, <laughs> that would be the ultimate one. Now right. you said that you. Um, have difficulty sitting still and not taking action. So do you find, I know that you need some self-care during times like this, and really we need it all the time a little bit, but I would imagine that you'd need more during a time like this. Have you been able to do that, find time for that? Yes, I am creating time for that. Um, Taking time to rest is very important. I think that's part of I preach that in my bon vivant lifestyle is embracing that intentionality of taking care of yourself. Also, it doesn't mean that you have to be go, go, go and, you know, only eat foie gras. And I don't even like foie gras, but uh, (laughs) eating fancy stuff. That's not necessarily what this lifestyle is about. So I go to a chiropractor on on a pretty regular basis. I have uh, a couple of medical conditions that make me really sore and stiff and going through menopause, which that's a whole different subject. So uh, I do take care of myself, but I do, I have been scheduling massages to help me relax because I carry all my tension in my shoulder. I'm surprised you can even see my head sometimes because my shoulders are up so high. That's Um, me. I do the exact same thing. Yeah. Carry it all right there, you know, for the world to see. So I actually have one scheduled this afternoon. And I think that as women, especially, and maybe even, well, I used to think it was more like our generation. I was hoping the generation behind us, like my children's age, that they wouldn't do it. But I see plenty of people talking about it, is feeling guilty about needing time for yourself. That's not a a cool thing to do to ourselves. We deserve it, but we also are better at our jobs, at being partners, at being parents, at being, you know, if we're helping our parents who are older, being a better friend, if we take care of ourselves. And I was going through my divorce with my first husband. We went to to therapy together and it was um, 
there was something that she said that was really like, I knew it, but it was very like, ah, yeah, that's a great way to describe it is, you know, we had to make sure that we still got along because we had four kids together. We're not going to, you know, avoid each other for the rest of our lives. They're going to get married and have children and all those things. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that we could maintain our friendship. Right. So we needed to learn how to, how to get along still. And one thing she said is that, that if you don't take care of yourself and you don't release some of the things like anger, et cetera, that your, your body and your mind are like a, like a rain bucket. Okay. And so when you're filled with, with rain at the very top and you don't dump any of that water out, the next time it rains, you're just going to spill over. So, you know, I, I try to use the analogy of, of like, you know, you're, uh, upset about all these things and your husband comes in and tracks in mud and you're like, what are you doing? Put mud on the floor. You're not mad about the mud. You're mad right. about the 900 other things that you haven't been able to let go. And that's that's the the straw that broke the back, right? right. The camel's back. So you've, you've got to dump some of that water out. Um, so when, the, when it rains, like right now, we're going through a major rainstorm in our lives. We have to be able to absorb that rain and adjust to that. And so to get rid of that, extra rain. I do things like massage. My husband and I try to do a date night. I encourage people to do therapy and, or have a good friend to talk to or your pastor or whatever, someone that you can really kind of dump your soul and get some of that stuff out, but also forgiveness. And that's something that a lot of people think that forgiving someone for whatever they've done to you is a sign of weakness. And I don't have time for resentments or holding on to them. The analogy I use is is not forgiving someone is like you taking poison but expecting the other person to die. Yes, it's that's not my work. favorite quote about unforgiveness. Yes, and so I try like if somebody has done me wrong, if I can't have a conversation with them about it for whatever, you know, I've learned boundaries. Also, I've learned the gift of saying no, thank you. Just because you get an invitation to a party doesn't mean you need to go if it's going to overwhelm you or, you know, conflict with something else that you really wanted to do. So that all goes back to giving yourself grace. So whether that come through forgiveness or therapy or a massage or, you know, I, I don't eat ice cream, but if ice cream or gelato is your thing, then go get that cup of ice cream. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. Whatever you need to do to give yourself care, I'm... I'm all for it. And I like how you mentioned a lot of the things that you're doing for self-care, you're scheduling it. Like you you schedule a massage ahead of time. You 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 pick the date for your date night ahead of time. Because if we don't, usually what isn't scheduled doesn't ever actually happen. So it's great oh, 100%. You've put that as a priority in the planning stage, which means it'll actually happen and you don't have to think about it or make the decision once the time comes. Right. And I will say that I want to do a lot of things. I'm very extroverted. I am a part of my community and I live in the Texas Hill Country where there's tons of wineries and we belong to I won't tell you how many wineries because it's probably a little embarrassing. Um, and they have, they have you know, pickup parties and I want to be a part of all those things. And my husband, on the other hand, is an introvert and those things can exhaust him. And I need to be considerate of his time also. So I, people will laugh at me when I plan a day to have no plans. So, um, 
you know, we have one coming up on Sunday. I used to teach on Sundays and now I'm going to be pre-recording and I can talk more about that later, but I now can have a Sunday free so I can go to church or watch church online, which tends to work for us a lot in the morning. And I can do whatever I want in, the, in during the day and not have a plan for it because he needs a day where I'm not, okay, we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. So if you have a partner in your relationship, is be considerate of that too, um, because that can cause tension. And, you know, he doesn't like to say, can you stop being so social, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, can you give me some time? So we do try to plan a day of no plans so we can do whatever we want on the fly. I love, love that. And you mentioned some things you have coming up. What does your year look like this year professionally and personally? What what will you be doing? Or you plan so, on doing? Um, <laughs> we know how things can <laughs> Yes. After 2020, I vowed I was never going to use the word pivot again. And when I would, I would do it like the episode of Friends where they're trying to move the couch. Um, <laughs> and we all pivot. Yes. Uh, but I'm pivoting, Christy. We're pivoting. Whether we like it or not, we are going to pivot or change direction, however you want to say it. So personally, I am focusing on rebuilding the house, getting everything done in on time so the build can go forward on in a timely basis. So that is one thing that I'm really focused on personally. I'm also changing gears um, about the holidays because the holidays are usually, you know, full throttle for us. We have an open house. We do uh, have a Christmas party. I host Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and Thanksgiving and all these things. And this year, I am not doing those things. So I am adjusting how I'm going to be celebrating holidays this year. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it'll be a good good thing to do for a year. Take take a break. And I would say personally, that's primarily what I'm doing. Professionally, I guess I can make an announcement here. So I have my subscription service. Yay. Um, It's called Everyday Fet. And what that is, is it's a curated themed party blueprint. So basically I'm giving, it's the art of effortless entertaining and I give you all of the tools. So every month has a theme. And so today is the, the first of the month when we're recording this. So this month's theme for, for November is Friendsgiving. And I did it with kind of a Tuscan theme or Tuscan flair because we just came from Italy. And so that consists of, I come up with your menu, I give you all the recipes and they're done printable. So they're, they're really cute. A lot of people will print them out every month and, and create a binder of parties. Then I also have the grocery list for you. I have a timeline, which tends to be the the biggest challenge when I do surveys. That seems to be the crutch of why people don't want to entertain, right? Is they have to come up with a timeline. Like, how do I make sure that the turkey's not done three hours before the macaroni and cheese? Like all of that type of stuff. I create the timeline for you and give it to you. And, you know, if you decide not to do one part, or whatever, that's fine. Just scratch it out. But right. it gives you the timeline from starting at the very beginning, from planning, inviting to putting your lipstick on and opening the door. Like I, every time, every single time slot I have filled out for you. And then I do also some styling ideas. So some people are really good about styling their food and and they don't really need that help. And that's great. But some people are like, okay, where do I get that plate? Where do I get exactly? I want to do exactly what you're telling me to do. So I provide links for that. So uh, a lot of them, like uh, my daughter, 
did the uh, tailgate party for September. And so we got some really cool football-themed items off of Amazon for her cupcakes, you know, little pokers and all that kind of stuff. So I share that. And then my favorite part to create outside of the recipes is the Spotify playlist. And it it coordinates with the theme. So my favorite one I've done so far is I'm a Mamma Mia fanatic. Um, <laughs> it was the first play I saw on Broadway. It's the first play I took my daughter to see was Mamma Mia. And uh, so it was a Mamma Mia themed party. And the whole playlist, which I tried to do like a two and a half, three hour playlist was all ABBA. ABBA all day, every day. I loved it. It, I ended up watching both movies on the flight to Italy. And I was like, I love this movie. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I I want that playlist. It's it's a lot of fun. That that's two and a half hours. That's awesome. that's like my childhood memories for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what the the monthly subscription is. And come the the new year, first of all, for the holidays, I'll be offering a year time. So it's a great gift to give to someone where they have the whole year paid for. But I also will be elevating it next year. Well, I'll have a monthly Zoom call and it will be a loose theme. And then anyone can join the call if they have a question about how to cook something or how to coordinate something. It does not have to be theme. It does not have to coordinate with the theme that we're talking about. It's just going to give us a, a launching off point. But it will be an hour long time where we can just chat with fellow bon vivants who want to talk about food and, and entertaining and travel. So that will be launching. And then I'll also be doing the everyday fet experience locally. So I'm still working out those details, but basically how it will be is once a month, it will be open to the public for you to come in person and experience the party. Like you'll get the whole party and together we will, we will make all the meal make or or the appetizers, whatever the theme is, we will make it together and then we will throw the party there. And so you'll get to meet new friends. I'm hoping that people who are visiting from out of town, because we live in a big tourist area, will, will join us and I will have the whole schedule up for the whole year or at least by the quarter so people can plan to to attend so we're going to do everyday fet experience which is basically the party parties in a live situation so that's what i have coming for that and then i also teach classes um online it's called recipe kick and recipe kick is part of the la peach company so if you watched on the magnolia network or discovery plus la peach is the summer home of Julia Child. And I believe it was 2016, McKenna bought La Peach and her and her husband and another partner created uh, an experience there where you can go and you don't cook Julia Child recipes. It's a recipe-free cooking school, but you're cooking in Julia's summer kitchen. And it is a fantastic company. And I'm so proud to be a part of it where I then teach recipe kick. So is, is the online cooking school that you can either experience if you go or not. But if you go, it's part of a life, you have a lifelong cooking school subscription. So the people that go there, I kind of, I feel another tie to Julia Child because they went to see that kitchen and cook in that kitchen. And then they're watching me try to teach them other things. So you do not have to go to that cooking school to to be able to experience uh, recipe kick. You can either attend classes individually or um, I think there's 
maybe eight to 10 instructors, maybe even 12 at this point. And so there's classes almost every single day and it will continue to build up. But just to get an idea of the school itself in France, you can you can watch that on Magnolia Network. It's called the Courageous Cooking School. Courageous Cooking School. That is so exciting. Yes. Yeah, being able to show people the things that I love to cook. I'm doing one this Sunday. It's um, Soup Fest. And it's talking about making different kinds of soup. And I'll share two of my favorite soups. But also you could do a soup potluck. And the whole thought behind it is you. everybody makes a big pot of soup, probably double that recipe. And you go to someone's house and you try the soups and then you bring a container and you can bring some soup home. So it's kind of like a cookie exchange that you do at Christmas, only it's with soup. That is a fun idea. I'm big into soup right now, especially on Sundays, because I like to have family over and it's just an easy thing to do, you know, to have soup on mm-hmm. Sunday night. But I've never thought about a potluck. That is a very interesting idea. And you'd get to try so many recipes. That very fun. Yes. And you can even have it. So everyone break like the, I've gone to cookie exchanges too, where, you know, everybody prints out the recipe. Mm-hmm. So you can walk away with a bunch of soup recipes too, which I think is cool. But, you know, I come from the land of cold. So I was born and raised in South Dakota and then moved to New England because, you know, let's be cold all the time if we can be. <laughs> and um, that's why we're in Texas now is I couldn't take it anymore. But we do find ways to entertain ourselves during the cold months. And so that's a soup party is one of my favorites. And then also a progressive supper, which is also one of my favorite things to do. And on my website, I talk about a progressive supper um, and tell you all the details on how to do that. Well, I can't believe what all you have going on. There are just so many things like you've really thought of everything when it comes to your subscription. And the thought of being able to experience one of your vets in person is just amazing. How many people do you think you plan to have to be able to attend? Well, so when I teach classes locally or I do private cooking classes, I tried not to have more than 10 people. But I did a beta test with um, a group of influencers that were in town. And um, I think there was 12 of them. I probably could go up to 20 because this will not be... Um, where I stand up and give instructions. It will be, I'll pair you off. You might not even end up with your friend that you came with on comfort level of Mm -hmm. how much you're comfortable in the kitchen. So I might put somebody who's very comfortable with somebody who hates it (laughs) and have them do the dish together. So most of the um, recipes or the menus have at least six to seven items on them. So having everyone kind of do one of the dishes, if 20 people end up coming, then I might have two people or two teams do one of the dishes so we have enough for everybody to to eat. I I think I'll probably cap it at 20. Uh, My friend is currently finishing off the space where we'll be doing these. And so I need to get more of an eye on the space. But I think 20 will be the cap. But 10 to 12 is my sweet spot because you can really engage with people at that level. But I also am creating some courses that will be starting in 2024. I did a big survey of my community and got their feedback on what type of courses they would like um, to learn. So I'm in the midst of kind of building those courses so people can either buy them individually or buy a pack of them to help them feel more comfortable in the kitchen and entertaining. 
Well, you have so many exciting things going on right now. Thank you. Well, I do want to ask you, um, I always ask everyone, what's the one thing of advice that you would give to the new hostess? But since I've asked you that before, and it is Thanksgiving time, what would you give a hostess that's never hosted Thanksgiving before? What is the first top piece of advice you would give them? Prayers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, can, it can be overwhelming. And I'm I'm very happy to say my daughter is hosting Thanksgiving and two of, of my three sons are able to make it and her dad will be there and her, her in-laws. And I love that I've passed on the love of hosting Thanksgiving to her, but I think it can be very overwhelming. But I would say the piece of advice I would give is to make a plan. Don't try to wing it. My plan consists of a couple of different things. So I talked about a timeline. So a timeline, a grocery list that can be done in stages, meaning like make sure you order your turkey by the beginning. Like this week, I would be ordering your turkey if you want a fresh turkey. If frozen's your your jam, I don't like a frozen turkey because with my luck, it wouldn't be thought. That would that's that's just me. I don't Um, need the stress. If if it can happen to someone. Yeah, exactly. I am all about eliminating every stress point you can have. So if it is 10 cents more per pound to buy a fresh turkey versus a frozen turkey, I'm spending that 10 cents per pound. I don't care. Right. Um, so making that grocery list, again, that you can, if you can buy canned items or like if you're doing turkey stock, uh, you know, Trader Joe's has a great turkey stock that might not be there the week of Thanksgiving. So try to to put your grocery list out into stages. So it's not one, financially overwhelming, but two, you know, all the groceries that you need to get the day before Thanksgiving with everybody else. Right. So make that list, make your, make your, um, your timeline, but also if you can stage it a little bit beforehand, I know that some people's homes are, it's not as conducive to this, but you could stack things. And by staging it, what I mean is grabbing your sticky notes and planning every bowl, every spoon that you are going to use and label them. And one reason I do that is because in the heat of the moment, like literally your your kitchen is warm, football's going on, the kids are running and screaming, and you're like, where's the bowl I was going to put potatoes in? And then you find out your husband put chips in it and they're, they're eating them in the other room. No, right? No, that's not going to work. So you need to prepare and plan this, but it's also great because if your mother-in-law, which I've never had a mother-in-law, I'm just assuming this is how this works. <laughs> if your mother-in-law is in the kitchen and saying, um, Susie, you know, what can I do? And you don't like how she mashes potatoes. You could mash them and you could say, mother-in-law, here, you see the bowl that's marked potatoes. Could you put this in there and then put that on the table or put that on the buffet? So you can kind of give direction and have people help you, but still be in control. See how see how yes. I did that there. Um, because nice. I'm all about managing the control. You want to create the atmosphere you want, then then you need to set expectations. You can't expect others to understand your plan if you don't share your plan. So if you don't really, if it doesn't bother you that other people bring things, then let other people bring things. I am such a control freak that if someone's bringing something to my house, if I know they can cook, I will say specifically, can you please bring your (laughs) mac and cheese or whatever? And you can assign people things. Don't be afraid to ask for help. 
Um, do not make a dish for the first time. I got lots of advice for these hosts. Wonderful. Don't make a dish for the first time. So if you want to try a new recipe, try it this weekend and see what your family thinks of it. Don't do that on Thanksgiving morning. You <laughs> no. will be upset. Trust me. So um, I just would say, I guess if I want to wrap it all up with a big bow is be prepared. I make love it. Plan. Those were all really good pieces of advice. Very, very good. And oh, I know thank you. I'll throw one more out, Christy. Sure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, um, no, one more fine. out as far as the be prepared. So I was very blessed that I had a double oven. I actually have a funny story at Thanksgiving, like many, many moons ago when my kids were younger, I had a double oven also. And I pushed something into the oven. Like I was putting two casserole dishes in one thing and I pushed it back too far and it kind of tipped up on its side. It didn't run out. It cooked like that. But when I went to go take things out of the oven, I didn't see it. And I forgot to take out the corn pudding. And all of a sudden, uh. like a week later, my house smelled. And the bottom oven was one that I didn't use on a regular basis. And I'm like, I, I'm tearing through things. I'm putting lemons in the disposal. I'm like, what the heck is that smell? It was my corn pudding rotting in oh, the bottom oven my gosh. because I did not look at my checklist. Right. I should have looked at my checklist <laughs> to make sure I had everything on the buffet. It was <laughs> on its side in the back. But um, anyway, That's so what funny. you can do if you... I know, isn't that hysterical? Um, I'm a professional, people, and I did that. So <laughs> it <makes> happen. <laughs> and that's why um, you have the checklist. <laughs> exactly. The so you can look, refer back to it. Is if you don't have a double oven or you don't have the space, use coolers. Okay, so coolers, yes, keep things cold, but they also keep things hot. Yes. So side dishes, especially um, if you're making macaroni and cheese. I keep going to mac and cheese. I guess I want some mac and cheese. Your mac and cheese, your um, green bean casserole, like any of those things, put in a cooler. You can put um, sheet pans on top of them to separate them if you need to. And it will keep your things at the correct temperature for at least three hours. So if you need that oven for your turkey, make all of your sides and get them done in the morning, put them in the cooler and then cook your turkey. Good, good, good. That will save a lot of room for people. Awesome piece of, of advice that you really were able to get them a lot of ideas. And I know it'll be so fun for you to watch your daughter host for the first time this year. Well, it's her first time in her new house. This will be her second time hosting. Oh. Um, but it's it's her first time in her in her new home that her and her husband moved into last summer. And it will be the first time that a, a couple of the kids have seen her house. So um, I'm excited for her. And um, she's really getting this hosting thing under her belt and doing a fantastic job. And I'm I'm super proud of her. Well, she's learned from the best. So I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I We are at the speed round. Are you ready? Okay. I got my hand on the... On the, on the <laughs> it's not a trigger. <laughs> on the thing. I'm ready to go, Christy. All right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> what is your favorite Thanksgiving recipe of all time? My dad's stuffing. I think my kids call it Papa's stuffing. It's good. it's good. What is the one place you would like to go but haven't traveled yet? France. And I'm going next year. I'm going to the cooking school in France that I teach for online. Oh, that's so exciting. So exciting. What is your favorite way to unwind? Um, anything with my husband, he 
has a magic touch. I don't know what it is. He's just so calm and calming that um, if I'm going crazy, he doesn't say you're going crazy. He just gives me a hug. Um, But maybe just sitting on the couch with him with a glass of wine in front of a fireplace, watching a movie is probably my favorite. Oh, well, that's funny. Cause my next question is, do you have a favorite wine? Do I have a favorite <laughs> wine? Christy, this is a speed round, my friend. No, I cannot <laughs> get into that in speed round. Um, I, <laughs> I love wine. I would say right now I'm kind of still in my Italian mode. Um, but I love Texas wine. I think that Texas is a really up and coming area. Uh, we are number two in the country. I say like I'm part of the industry, but my husband is. So, you know, by marriage, um, right. we are number two in the country for visits. We are where Napa was in probably the early eighties. And, um, I think that Texas wine is just, it shines. It is really good. If it's made by a good maker, winemaker that there's, there's nothing like it. It's the thing about wine is it it shines and shows where it was grown and we have a great way of pairing that with things like barbecue and and it's just if it if it grows together it goes together and so i really i love texas wines and the last one is have you read any good books lately i just finished a book for book club that i did not enjoy which was probably good it was called empty and it was about um a, a woman with an eating disorder and it just really disturbed me. It was just very sad for her. But I would say a couple of fun books that I've read lately. I was actually interviewed by Laura Tremaine about friendship last winter. I think it was October. I'm sorry, February of 2022. So almost two years ago. And she wrote a book called The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. I've Um, heard of that. I think that that was a really good book. I gave a copy to all of my dear friends and told them what what person they remind me of or what group they fall in. And I really highly recommend that, especially friendships can be really challenging. Um, And so I I think it really really helped me focus on the good in friendships that I see. And then my friend Don Barton wrote the book, uh, Midlife Battle Cry. And that's all about life is not over when you hit your fifties. It's just begun. And I love her whole uh, philosophy of joy and and the way that she looks at life. So I'm not usually a fiction reader. I'm mm-hmm. more of a nonfiction. I'm sorry. I'm saying it backwards. Why is that so confusing? <laughs> the real ones, the real yes. ones. <laughs> okay. I'm more of the not real ones, <laughs> the memoir type of things. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed both of those. And yes, I'm friends with both right authors or friendly with both authors. So, you know, that probably adds a little bit of extra to it, but I found a lot of information and learned a lot from both of those women. Those are good recommendations. Can't wait to check them out. I'm always looking for books and and at the friend book that's such a thoughtful gift oh the way it is you did it, it. it definitely is i i wrote a little note in each one um so they knew something and and she um laura does a a podcast that uh she did share my interview with her on that podcast so um you can check that out on 10 things to tell you yes i will Now, I know that everyone is going to want to find you online and where they can find all these cool things you've been talking about. So please tell everyone where to find you on social media and online, and we'll be sure to link it too, but go ahead and let us know. So I am on 
um, Instagram as the underscore hill underscore country underscore bone underscore vivant. <laughs> yes, I got hacked and had to change my name. So underscores oh. is what saved me. So once you type in the hill country, you'll, you'll probably find me. Um, my website is hillcountrybonevivant.com. I'm also on Substack, and that is where I share a lot of recipes. You can subscribe to me both a free and paid on there. Um, if you search Substack for Hill Country Bone Vivant, that is where I am. I do have some videos up on YouTube also as Hill Country Bone Vivant. Um, I've tried the TikTok and I just I gave up. I'm too old for the tax. That's what that's what I say. So I do have some stuff on TikTok, but it's I'm I'm not good at, at keeping up to date on that. So please feel free to follow me if you have any questions. Shoot me a DM. I love to chat with my community, and um, I hope to see you there. Well, Jerry Lynn, you it's been such an honor to have you here today, and I appreciate you sharing your story. And you are just a shining example of how to handle hardship and what gratitude can do in your life. So I just thank you so much for being here. And I know that I speak for my listeners as well when I say that I wish you and your family the very, very best as you rebuild. Thank you, Christy. I really appreciate it. And happy anniversary. I'm so happy to call you a friend and proud to know you. You've really done a great job with this podcast. And I can't believe it's already been a year. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy that you could celebrate with us today. It's an honor. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.